Hi there. Welcome to Shrink Chat. This is the companion show to our main podcast, Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm joined every week by my friend, Kathy. On this show, we talk about psychology and media and whatever else comes up. It's a bit looser. So hang out and welcome to Shrink Chat. Hi, everyone. This is Shrink Chat. Welcome. (laughs) Shannon and Kathy. Kathy, you can't hear. Okay. Well, so... Awesome. You have no idea what's happening here. She just hit her mic and then she was laughing at Some me. Some days are just exhausting with you. <laughs> her face is like, I'm kidding. It's already been three hours of recording. Calm down. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Thank you. I feel much better. <laughs> it's a theme. She really doesn't hate me, you guys. It just sounds like it. I'm leaving for Africa today. Yeah? yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Well, good. I I'm probably that, on the plane. I hope that you are boarding. I'll be boarding the plane. About right about now? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have those thoughts, everyone. Have have good <laughs> we'll thoughts. Have those thoughts. We'll have good thoughts about Kathy's travel. Uh trivia. Let's do trivia. Okay. Trivia. Ladies and germs. This would have been if you did the Instagram route. Under Night of the Living Dead post from October 23rd, the question was, what horror film was the first to be nominated Best Picture Oscar and had an additional nine Oscar nominations, including Best Supporting Actress? Holy moly. What was the film, Shannon? (laughs) The Exorcist? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. One of my faves. A good film. Very good film. Good script. Good film. Yeah, first horror film to be nominated for an Oscar. And how many nominations did it get for other stuff? It was 10, 10 nominations total. Oh, wow. So it was Best Picture, and then there was also a Best Supporting Actress for um, Linda Blair. She was great. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know, considering I don't know she was she's a kid. supporting, I mean, she was pretty much, I understand. The um, priest is the main character. Yeah, I guess. Because it's, well, that's don't just what do I. Don't do this to me, Demi. <laughs> What I know about the story is that it's the priest's story, yes. but yes. I, I obviously everyone remembers R- Reagan. Yeah, I mean her character is, was the unique part of that, but the character arc is his, like what he goes through and all of the, you know, we just got finished on Wednesday talking all about Parasite, and we were talking about how like we like films that have a lot of metaphor and meaning, and The Exorcist is one of those where you could go into a whole thing about the story and what was really going on and there's all this interesting stuff when you study that film we're gonna be talking about exorcisms but i my Mm -hmm. i I think um for me when i watched that film and i already love her anyway is ellen burston oh my god she's so good in it she and she you know it's interesting is she reminds me of my mom a lot she looks even a little bit like her yeah yeah and um i don't i don't it's her mouth it's her smile but she always plays these incredibly tormented roles and she's so great in them yeah i think that's a part you could play very poorly in other words you could could just be a like kind of histrionic and dramatic and bad acting like you could i thought it was great casting because that role could be one note yeah, you know, but it's really not. She does same it with so uh, well. Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, you could have had the wrong person in that character, and it would have been so awful, like so bad to watch. But she pulls on your heartstrings, and she's a heroin addict. Yeah, you know, acting like, is 
Just so key to yeah. the whole to the whole deal. She just plays that part like you are just empathizing for her, even though she's doing it to herself. Because you can yeah. have a great script, and then if it's not given the proper Oof. actors, it just it fails. And you think, wait, you think, wait, that's a good screenwriter, and that's a terrible movie. Yeah, and that's how it happens for sure. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Ladies and germs, this is for today. You are going to go under the Leatherface post on Instagram, which is just within the last week. It's pretty recent, last week or so. Okay. You, know, you can see it on there. It's black and white. Leatherface and his, and his daddy. Cool. Um, okay, so this is, I liked this question. So although Texas Chainsaw Massacre was loosely based on Ed Gain. Toby Hooper was inspired by something else that created the vision for the story. So what, what was it? What was his inspiration for this film? How did this come about? Other than we know that there's some factual stuff, like it's loosely based on Ed Gain. It's loosely based on a true story. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about his personal inspiration for choices he made in the movie. All right. Okay. Yep. Uh, can we take a second and go back to what did you say, ladies and germs? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, okay. Boys and what ghouls, are you, what boys are you and like ghouls. Eighty-seven year old. I don't. Boys and ghouls. Is that better? <laughs> more, like, more apropos. When were you born? Nineteen twenty-two. What are you doing? Nineteen twenty-three. <laughs> <laughs> I right. also get the paper. Did I mention that? <laughs> yeah. I got my paper very easily this morning. You I went are to eighty-seven years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the paper. Um, it was easy today. There was yeah, no there was no road construction. I no didn't drama. have to go to three different places. Great. So yeah. nothing to complain about yet. Excellent. Yet. yet. <laughs> I'm throwing in the yet there. Because it wouldn't be Kathy without a good rant every now and then. It's one of the things we love about her. I, I You mentioned uh, that we were going to do an episode, and we will in a couple of weeks, um, near the end of uh, what? April, maybe? I don't know. Uh, or March, actually. We're going to do an exorcism episode. Yeah, like I think it's Fear of the March. Devil, best, you know, books and movies, Fears of the Devil, exorcism, et cetera. Yeah, it'll be um, the last week of March. So Correct. We're going to do that. I was just looking at my schedule because you mentioned it. So I'm talking about it. All right. <clears throat> so we mentioned last week that we did go on uh, our sojourn to the escape room. You said sojourn. I did. I'm um, French and 87 <laughs> years old. <laughs> I'm French and 80. I'm going to go with 88. Yeah, yes. You are You'd be older. 87. I'm yeah. going to be 88. Okay. Um, we went to the escape room. It's horrorescapesla.com. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it's horrible. That's what <laughs> and it no. was horrible. Well, it was horrific. I enjoyed it. It was fun. For those of you who have done escape rooms, this was an you know, we did an intermediate level escape room with a live actor. That's because the one we chose. We're pretty intermediate. We thought we could be smarter than the average bear, um, but you know that's <laughs> that was neither here nor there. I don't think we were necessarily, but it, they were hard puzzles, and there was a live actor, so that was cool. We had a zombie walking around. Yeah, zombie. They have a thing. Um, so they change the. They do <clears throat> four different uh, themes a year. So. The woman, Chelsea, who uh, was our hostess. she Chelsea, you were great. She's bomb. She yeah. was bomb. She she got into it. So every, four, every three months, they change it around. So quarterly, you get new stories. And so this one was called Dr. X, and we enjoyed it very much. Yeah, um, it was fun. And um, I just like the whole 
vibe. Like you walk in there and they're walking us to our rooms and we kind of get pushed in there and then the door slams shut. And yeah, so the cool. whole ambiance is really great. But yeah, it was a lot of fun and um, it just made me feel like it was October for a while. Yeah, it felt like that. And we did a, a little bit longer chat about it on our Patreon. So those of you who are patrons of ours will hear us talk for 15, 20 minutes about more information about what it was and um, how we did. <laughs> We're looking at a couple more events coming up um, mm-hmm. in the spring and summer, but there's one specifically that we are going to go to. Um, and we would love, once we figure out what the date is that when we decide to go, so the the event is called Bite, and it's sort of like in line with what like a murder mystery dinner would be, but it's um, you actually go to dinner with a family of vampires, <laughs> and it's right right over by where we did the escape room. So we'll we'll talk more about it as we get closer to it. But any of you who live in LA who'd like to come by and maybe do it the night that we do it, that'd be kind of fun to have some of you Absolutely. out there with us. And cool, yeah. So there's that. So, yeah, when you get back from Africa, mm. we can talk about that since you're on a plane right now. Uh, yes, I'm on a, well, I'm boarding <laughs> the plane right now. Cool. Yeah. Right on. We could talk about it in upcoming episodes and see when we're going to do it. Make a plan, make a date, because if we don't make a date, we won't do it. That's very true. I, I mean, it's know. important to make dates. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Kathy and I had a date. It was fun. We did. Uh, so I watched some stuff. Yeah. Did you watch some stuff? I did watch some stuff. So we catch up on the stuff we've watched. Sure. We can do that. I'm going to start with mine. Um, I finished the series, uh, called Nosferatu that is on shutter. Um, so Joe Hill uh-huh. is Stephen King's son and he writes scary, scary stories. And I wonder so, where he got that from. Yeah. I don't know. He wrote a best-selling novel called Nosferatu, uh, which is a different kind of vampire story for sure. Mm-hmm. It follows Vic McQueen, a gifted young woman who discovers she has a supernatural ability to find lost things. Uh, I I liked her very much. She's awesome. Had a Stranger Things kind of feel. So that's not part like of- the original Nosferatu film. It's not based on that? Uh n- no, except not really. Okay. I, I, inspired by maybe uh, because uh, there's a vampire. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, there's a bad guy vampire, um, but it's a different kind. Like I like you know, it's a different kind of vampire story. So there's her. Um, so this ability of hers to find lost things puts her on a collision course with the evil and immortal. Charlie Manx. Manx is a supernatural villain who feeds off of the souls of children and then deposits what remains of them into Christmas land, a twisted place of Manx's imagination where every day in Christmas is Christmas day and unhappiness is against the law. Vic strives to defeat Manx and rescue his victims without losing her mind or falling victim to him. So it's, Interesting in the sense that there's this Christmas land place that's very crazy. And Zachary Quinto. Oh, I love him. Plays the vampire. No kinda, he kind of looks like one a little bit. And, you know, so here's my thought. So I finally, I finally finished it. It's a series on Shudder. And there are some creepy moments. Christmas land is pretty creepy because it's where all the little vampire children are. <laughs> that's so random. So it's kind of creepy. And, you know, I, I see what. I'm imagining the book was better, but because um, 
what happens is it doesn't quite completely come together as exceptional for me, um, like so many series do. One of the reasons is because Zachary Quinto in his uh, part is under a whole lot of latex. <laughs> he plays a very old vampire. And so he's got a lot of prosthetic stuff on. Now, not all the time, because what happens is he gets very old and latex ridden when he hasn't fed in a while, as most vampires do. It's kind of like uh, Dracula on Netflix, how he would just, the more he ate, yes. the more he got, he, he got younger. So it's got that in it. Mm -hmm. That was um, a great series. Where he looks a little bit better. And then they also do some flashbacks of when he was younger. And you kind of get into his, a little bit of his origin story around angry and old relationship, a little bit of his emotional context, not too much. Okay. Again, I don't know how it is in the book, but uh, one of the reviewers I read kind of nailed it when they were said, it's not exactly a mess, <laughs> but it's, but the narrative, I don't know, the, the scares don't really scare. Well, I'll tell you, based on the way you described it, there's not one part of me that wants to see it. It doesn't sound yeah. like inviting at all. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. I mean, I, I like can't. Like the Christmas land thing just sounds, I, I don't understand. Yeah, it's um, it's like, look, if I could give it some context or explain it, it like a little bit. like Nightmare Before Christmas? Is that he, he'll, he kidnaps children and brings them to Christmas land. And so... I did not, you know, in that description that I read, it talked about it being an imaginal place, but it's a literal place in the series where he brings the children, but it's a supernatural premise because these are vampires. So it's mm -hmm. obviously supernatural and not real. So imaginal in that way. And he's just taken a, an empty place and turned it into Christmas land. So maybe that's what they mean by imaginal. Like he has imagined it. There isn't actually a Christmas land. on. No, I get map. that. But I just think it's a interesting, like, I don't know, roll the dice, pick a holiday and we'll make it. A, I, I don't, I don't understand that the Christmas yeah. piece of it just yeah. sounds weird. Yeah, for sure. You'd have to watch it to know. Like, are they like, trying to do a Tim Burton thing? Or are they trying to, I don't know. Well, one piece I can say is that they're do they're doing that thing where you juxtapose evil with something yeah. that you care about. So that's, I mean, we can, it doesn't have to be complicated. No, like, it's just been done. <laughs> it, it, my, my criticism of, of the series would be that it meanders. Yeah. Sounds, so, I get that. How many episodes? I like the part with her, the young, the young female star, and then she gets a young female, like, cohort friend person that helps her that also has special type witchy powers and when they're concentrating on those two it's got a stranger things feel to it got it um and i really liked it okay but then you go to this kind of christmas land thing yeah, and you're all losing that. me at Chris you're and losing then, me at christmas land yeah i got that <laughs> <laughs> i haven't read the book so whatever i mean books can meander in ways that series and films can't you can meander okay you can talk now. <laughs> Reminds me of the line from E.T. I taught him to talk now. He can talk now. <laughs> All right, um, E.T., go ahead. That was actually Gertie. You're definitely E.T. in this story. That was actually Gertie who said that. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> A.K.A. a very young Drew Barrymore. All right. I 
did watch, well, I'll talk about two things. I did watch the first season of Sex Education because mm. everyone was like, you need to see it. <laughs> so I'll tell you my initial. We hyped it. <laughs> yeah, you did. My initial thought was the pilot episode I didn't like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, not only has this been the whole teenage obsession with sex has been done a million times. It was so much of it that it was like, it's, and I'm not a, pr- a prude person at all, but there was a point where I'm like, this is like Pornhub for high school. Um, <laughs> once I got past the first, and, and there's something about, um, because the bully's character hadn't been developed yet, I didn't like him at all, and I thought he was annoying, and I had a hard time getting through that because he was really the main part of the first episode. It was one-dimensional is what I hear Very one-dimensional, done a million times i was like okay but i'm going to continue to watch it because everyone says it's great so i must be missing something so then i continued to watch it and i completely fell in love with it so once i got past that initial episode jillian anderson this is the best thing like i was never an x-files fan so i can't say that this is the best thing she's ever been in because i know people are like loved her as scully but I love her so much in this role as the therapist and as the mom, like the best thing I've ever seen her in. Mm. And now that I'm through the first season, it took me like two episodes to get in. So it didn't take me that long. I just, the first episode, I'm like, uh, I'm annoyed. I don't know. I'm just, it sets it up. And I would say it's definitely a slow start. Yeah. I, I agree with that. So, but then when they get into, into the season, then the episodes and the, all of the sex piece of it becomes so much funnier and so much more meaningful. I don't really know how to articulate that, but the characters start to develop and you start to like some of them, hate some of them, gravitate towards some of them. It becomes much more character driven. Eric, the guy, the, um, the African-American gay guy. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I just love him so much. He's one of my favorite characters on the show. Otis who plays the son. It, there's so many great characters and it was, it's funny. I just, the first episode, I I'm glad I didn't stop because I just didn't like it. Yeah. It's funny and heartwarming. I think is what I said when we talked about yeah, it. I didn't it say really, too much about it. It really is like, it's a really good show. Um, I have, I mean, I, I'm not going to go back and watch the first couple episodes, but I, I imagine I would probably agree with you looking back, like if it was. Yeah. But here's the here's the thing is that I find that with most shows mm-hmm. that um, because we're in this world, I have a perspective where I don't just watch the first episode of something usually, especially if people have told me it's really good. Mm-hmm. I'll watch three. Yeah. Is usually what happens, and that's a mentality that you're calling attention to that's very different mm-hmm. from back in the day. Mm-hmm. But because I know I've got 10 episodes or 20 episodes or eight episodes or whatever to watch, I understand that that the characters are going to, hopefully, if it's any good, by episode three, the characters are going to be more well-developed, and we're going to go on a journey. But mm-hmm. if you haven't hooked me by, like, episode three, I definitely Yeah, don't. I mean, I would even say by... I would definitely say by episode three, I was I was liking it. Episode two is what made me go, okay, I'm going to give this more of a you chance. You could see the, where they were going a little yeah, bit Yeah, and then when it gets into deeper stuff, and now the the sex part of it is in there, and it because there's now a storyline, mm-hmm. then it, and now it's hilarious because yeah, yeah. some of the stuff that comes up, you're like, oh my god, this this was high school, like the, everything was everyone was so chaotic and didn't know what they were doing, and um, <laughs> but the first episode, it was like. 
wow, that is a 17-year-old uncircumcised penis in my face that I just am. <laughs> oh, was that what it was? The penis No, got- <laughs> it wasn't just that. It was just so much of that in the first episode that I felt like that's what they were trying to sell. Oh. And I was like. Probably. Well, but it's been done. They probably were. Yeah. It's well, been- I, I, yeah, I understand. I come from a perspective where everything's been done, so. I just feel like, <laughs> here's my thought. Just, we, just the one. Sort of. <laughs> I think that American, even though it's not an American show, American audiences are so intrigued by sex. And I think that's funny to me because it's just sex. But we we make it like a really big deal. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's the only way this show is successful is because it's quality, but you're going to watch because it's got sex in the title. And yeah. you're also going to watch because Jillian Anderson is sexy yeah. and you know her to be sexy. And so you're going to tune in to see her be a sex therapist. And then mm-hmm. the, the, the bonus is that it's good and that you're watching it. And there's a character arc for several characters yeah. and it's inclusive and all that other good once, stuff. Once the context is brought in, yeah. then all of that other stuff, then it's, it's relevant. All the sex is relevant. But the first episode, I'm like, this is just, it's like, it just felt like, um, like I felt about the movie Hostel. It was mm. like shock value. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. this has been there, done that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I hear you. It is what it is. Yeah, so now on to season two. Now on to season two. We'll and then um, I also watched Hustlers, which I hadn't seen, and I loved it. I watched mm-hmm. the original um, interviews with the women who did the the actual, had the actual business. Yeah, I, yeah. And so what, so this is a movie with um, Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez. Lopez. Yeah. And, um, Oh, what is the other the other woman? So, name? what did you think of it? I I thought it was I I thought it was a really important film to make right now because mm-hmm. it really does highlight toxic masculinity, mm-hmm. and um, there are a lot of different reasons why women go into that industry. It's also one of the only industries that women make more money than men. Um, but I thought one of one of the highlights of the film that I thought was incredibly important was when they start to catch on that these women are scamming these men for money. And she says, look, these guys work on wall street. They, they use stolen money every day of their lives. And so these women have been treated like garbage. They've been used, they've been objectified. And then I know a couple of friends of mine have been in this industry and they said that, um, it's it did significantly change when um, the Russian community came in because mm-hmm. they were willing to do a lot of things yeah. that the American women were not willing to do. And then, you know, blowjobs, whatever, they were willing to have sex with the guy, go beyond just dancing. And so the American women started to lose their jobs right. because they were not going to be pushed to that limit. Well, they weren't making any money and they stopped making money and they were, um, then criticized for that. And I think it just paints the whole like double bind, but it really, and I thought it was interesting too, of, of all of the, the men that they use in the film, um, were all white men. Yeah. Every single one, except for Usher. He's the only one that comes <laughs> in as a, so it's a really, it's, it, it has a huge political statement. Yeah, that's what I that's what I would say about it is yeah. it's interesting in a sociological context. I thought Jennifer's performance was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the other actresses and actors in it were were good. Um, uh, Will Ferrell's one of the producers on it. Interesting. <laughs> um, 
I know it was nominated for a Golden Globe, but not for an Oscar. So I know there was a little bit of a thing there. But I I would say that I definitely enjoyed it from a politically driven, um, I don't know, point of view. I, I didn't actually think the movie was particularly good. No, the movie was whatever. I think I just liked the way that they, um, I don't know, portrayed what had happened and... Yeah, so yeah. so for you, dear listener. Constance Wu, sorry, she was the one I she was she great. She was great. She was so she great. She was really great. She played Destiny. Yeah. So for those of you who listen to us in order to make me make decisions about watching things you haven't watched, what I would say is, and maybe Kathy would agree with me, is that it's not like the best movie you've ever no. watched if you're a movie geek, but um, Jennifer's performance is good and then the social pol- socio-political context of it is good. Um, is an interesting uh, piece of history. Yeah. Yeah. Would that be? Yep. And then um, I think just to follow that up real quickly with the verdict that came out with Harvey Weinstein, um, which now it's been a couple of weeks, but just, you know, there's so much of this now coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about this more. And all of this is just part of art now is creating films that really demonstrate what, um, women, minorities, sexual minorities, transgender women have been through. Mm -hmm. Um, And people are now starting to use art as a form of communicating this. We talked about this a little bit on the last string chat with the invisible man. I just think it's really important to do films like hustlers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just because for me, just because it didn't come together as a, you know, an excellent film doesn't mean that it's not important. We, they can't all be, you know, to my taste, they can't all be perfect films, but I, uh, yeah, I definitely Some think of it's that just, the, it's just a message. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's just an interesting thing to be thoughtful about and it's certainly relevant and topical. Um, you mentioned Harvey Weinstein and I wanted to mention that I, I want to start sort of shouting out other podcasts. And although this particular podcast I'm about to mention does not need my shout out, <laughs> like, no, it, the New York Times doesn't need my shout out, but it's a podcast that I listen to called The Daily. It's uh, 20 minutes a day, five days a week. It's hosted by a guy named Michael Barbaro, and it's it's one of my news sources in the morning when I'm waking up and I just listen to it, you know, on going to work or, on, you know, while I'm getting ready. And they did an episode. They've been following, of course, they follow all of the news stories, but they did an episode on the verdict and they did some interviews and just talking about what was actually it's a great 20 minute way to know what happened and why he was convicted because so many of these stories come out with the guy not being convicted. Mm. And so it's a quick 20 minute way to hear what the reasons why these two particular women that he ended up being convicted of Mm -hmm. things for, for what he did and why. And so I would just recommend it if you want to, you know, you guys obviously listen to podcasts. And so um, if you're not listening to the New York times, the daily already just you know download it and look for that episode it's pretty recent obviously so i would recommend that the other thing i wanted to say that is really tangential now but (laughs) jillian anderson i loved her i of course i loved her in um the x-files back in the day i was an x-files fan but more recently i loved her in hannibal she played a therapist in hannibal and she was awesome it wasn't a 
huge, huge role, but it was definitely, well, it was actually. Hannibal the, the kind show? Of yeah, oh, Hannibal the okay. TV series. Yeah, yeah, it lasted a couple seasons, right? Yeah, uh, two or three. Yeah. Um, three, I think. And it was a great show. She's um, just great. And I also like loved her in The Fall, if yeah, you've ever I watched that, that show. That was four she's five just, years, she's too. She's just great. So, yeah, I've actually been following along. And so this is just another – when I saw she was in it, the, her work in Hannibal and The Fall is the reason why I wanted to watch this is because she's become an exceptional actress, in my opinion. Yeah. So, Yay. Yay. All right, shrink chatters. Shrink. Oh. Oh, I have no idea why I said that. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> she made my she made such a face. That's bad. Well, I don't know. What do you want our listeners to be called? Do, should they have a name? Not shrink chatters. What are you like Lady Gaga? And you need to have like your <laughs> no, little, little monsters. Me? This actually, is us. Li- actually little monsters would be great for our terror talk <laughs> listeners. There you go. Yeah. See, get in the game, man. It's just fun. I'll, I'll think of something. We're just being fun. Yeah. Jeez. So serious. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. And I'm Kathy. Sleep safe, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. If you enjoy what we do here, there are two things you could consider. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media and checking out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or our Facebook page. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.